because I prefer glass. Uh, it takes three weeks for them to actually send out to get glasses. Everyone's wearing plastics. And yeah. mm -hmm. the last time I got them back, I put them on. So I could like right now I'm like, I have to look through here to see everything. So I had them and this eye well, completely blurry. And so it took me like another week or two to go back to the glasses place. And I don't, I, I walk there. So it takes me an hour to walk there. And then they're like, event, you know, we have to come back to get the eye doctor. The eye doctor comes back like a week later. So then I walk back there another hour there, an hour back. But when I'm there, he's like, oh, I, I, it was my handwriting. So he literally messed up the handwriting. So now I'm, well, anyways, I'm not looking down on everybody. Uh, it's just how I have to look at the script. And uh, so welcome. This is the testing part of the Reinventing the Tattoo live stream. This is the Tattoo Weekly. Uh, if this is working for you in on any of the st uh, streams, then let us know in the comment section or the chat where you're beaming in from. We have Caroline Evans, uh, who is our special guest today. So I will try to make the introduction as uh, expedient as I can. Okay, so let me check this out. Thank you very much for tuning in. It is September 11th, 2023, time flies. This is the Tattoo Weekly, season two, episode five, I think, uh, four or five mm -hmm. or six. Uh, I'm Gabe and I'm joined with Fawn, uh, my host. Lauren is uh, in transit, I think, from, from Europe. Um, and yeah, we're happy to talk about different tattoo news, tattoo events, and talk to different tattoo artists every Monday at 11-ish. Um, uh, so yeah, while we're testing these live streams, I'm gonna let you, uh, to make sure that they're all working technically, I'm gonna let you know about the network and what we're up to. So welcome to Guy Aitchison's Reinventing the Tattoo Network, where tattoo artists, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join into these live streams, to meet us in real world events, to share with each other, inspire each other, uh, ultimately to create better art and tattoos together. We're beaming out four or five days a week and have turned into a, a high quality network of uh, on-demand uh, tattoo and art shows uh, with uh, low drama, high uh, content and art stuff. Uh, you could find Reinventing the Tattoo in uh, many of these fine places in either of the app stores, the Google, uh, whatever they call it, Google Play and the Apple App Store, just do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. You could go to YouTube, do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. You could go to the Roku, if you have Roku, do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. The Roku's got like 12 to 15 channels going at any given time. It's crazy, uh, including the Drunk Critique. We might take that down at some point, but we, it's still there for now. In any event, uh, you could also find the audio versions of all of these uh, shows on the, your, your, your podcast directories, Apple, Spotify, uh, you guessed it, do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo. Uh, now, no matter where you're watching from, live or on demand, you can always find the latest and greatest info at reinventingthetattoo.com, the website. There's a free newsletter that you could join there. Uh, we're we're going to spam you. There's a uh, section you could have a uh, guy send you advice about your goals. You tell us what your goals are. And then every couple of days, there's an email that comes that addresses uh, some videos and stuff to it. There's free classes. You can't learn how to tattoo for free on Reinventing the Tattoo. Uh, but there's free history classes, which are pretty awesome. Jay from the uh, Northwest Tattoo Museum has got a, an awesome uh, recent tattoo history. Then there's some like prehistory. It's pretty awesome. Any event, check out reinventingthetattoo.com. You'll also see the full schedule for all of the shows that are happening. Uh, that includes the drawing uh, reinventing Drawing Group, Skill Building Sundays with Jason Leeser, 1 p.m. on Sundays. On Mondays at 9 a.m., these are all Eastern Standard. We've got Drawing for Tattooers with James, Wis with James Wisdom. That just happened. 11 o'clock is the Tattoo Weekly. Hey, that's us. Uh, 5 p.m. is Let's Talk Tattoo uh, Feelings. Sorry, Let's Talk About Feelings with Robbie Ripple. 
And then 9 p.m. is the Reinventing Subscribers uh, group who meets and draws every uh, Monday night at nine um, with different lessons and, and whatnot. And the Reinventing Subscribers are really the uh, keep us all doing these things, right? The, the, the heartbeat of the Reinventing community. And uh, so, yeah, you definitely go to check it out. There's like the canon, there's the evolution that's going to be enrolling soon. So the tattoo evolution is going to uh, enroll again, I think October, sometime in October, I think it's right around the tattoo gathering. So um, I think the tattoo gathering will be like the last weekend of recruiting for the new evolution class. Um, let's see. Uh, I think the next live stream regular, oh, I'm doing Wednesdays at uh, noon for some of the tattoo now show, sometimes live, sometimes just for the business group. But then every Thursday at 6 p.m., is the Tattoo Collecting 101 podcast uh, with Fawn. Uh, you can see the background. It's awesome there. And they've got a, a great show that happens uh, every, every Sunday. So quick sponsors who help uh, make this happen and share it around. WorldTattooEvents.com, the largest, most comprehensive resource for tattoo events that exists. Uh, tattoo Now, that's me. I do technology for tattooers. I'm looking for 10 more clients. and maybe, maybe not that's it, but I'm definitely looking for 10. And then I could settle down. Uh, and then, so yeah, tattoonow.com for that stuff. Yeah, let's see. I guess uh, I'm getting to the end. Yay, that's great. Positive reviews on all the channels, but constructive criticism could come straight to us, management at Reinventing the Tattoo. And I'm excited to be presenting uh, Caroline Evans and to check to see if, uh, how these... Uh, how that how, how these streams are going? Hey, Fawn, thank you very much for uh, for being in as co-host. And um, how how are you doing? Real quick, and then we'll uh, introduce uh, Caroline. Um, good. I've actually been tattooing quite a bit the last week, so uh, I, the weeks that I'm like tattooing nonstop, I feel like I'm a little bit out of touch. But I've been getting some good work done. So if we get a chance, I'll maybe pull up some pictures of some of these things, and we can talk about those later on. Awesome. And then uh, you're going to be uh, joining us at the High Lifestyle show uh, that's yes. coming up in like two weeks, a week and a half now. Yeah, it's sneaking up so, quick. That's fun. There's still tattooers that are, that are signing up. We'll have probably about, I don't know, maybe a dozen, maybe maybe up to 20 tattooers yeah, I'm, there. I'm, and I'm debating on whether I want to just show up without anything scheduled and just have some like, you know, cannabis related flash ready to go. And like, I've been playing around a lot with like uh, glass art in my tattoos. Uh, like I always have, yeah. but lately I've been doing a lot of the like wigwag stuff that you see in a lot of real heady glass work. So sure. I could just like tattoo little wigwags all day and have a blast. Or I could probably take one of my stoner friends out with me and actually like do a nice big piece and show off. Uh, yeah, I haven't really decided yet, but maybe a little of both. Maybe I'll work on a project and do a whole bunch of little ones. Yeah, you know, but, it should be pretty fun. The uh, the 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 crew of people that are coming out to the show, you know, it's uh, musicians and comedians, and uh, I'm pretty mm -hmm. excited. The um, the guy from Clerks, uh, one of the one of the guys from Clerks is going to be there. I'm not supposed to even nice. be here today, um, but uh, awesome. Well, let's. Uh, Beeman, we've got Caroline here. She's been uh, well tattooing like over 25 years now, uh, part of the APT uh, on TV a couple times, but that's not necessarily the important part. Uh, Caroline, thanks thanks for, for joining us Monday morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> ha, awesome. So do you want to uh, fill us in a little bit about some of your recent activities? Uh, I mean, I, I don't even remember the first time I met you. It must have been forever ago at one of the events. But um, I know that you've been part of the, the APT, you know, and in the last like year or so, it's been pretty eventful. So just to 
start start you off a little bit. Let us know a little bit about what's been going on in the last year or two in uh in your world. Oh, um, a lot. Um, basically, um, I had been just a member of the ABT since basically since I started tattooing uh, in '98, and um, over the years, the, every once in a while, they'd ask me to be a little bit more, you know, active, like you know, get on the board, and I'd be like, nah, you know, because I always had other stuff going on, and I was like, no, 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 and uh, so. Yeah, you know, like, and so eventually, you know, there, you know, eventually I said yes. And uh, so I'm the board secretary now. And I've been doing that now. I'm in my second term. And good thing I did um, say yes at that point, um, because New Jersey made moves on their body art code. And um, they didn't really let anybody in New Jersey really know. And they, for some reason, deemed it necessary to, um, uh, you know, let the board know, like they, they uh, emailed our home office. So then I became tasked with going through the proposed updates. And um, so I did that. So so what is this? So like what happened in New Jersey then? So like what, like there was a law that, that was passed or the they were going to do more regulations or... Yeah, they were proposing an update to the body art code. They instituted the body art code back in 2001. And I had only been tattooing for a hand, you know, like a couple of years at that point. And uh, and shortly thereafter, 9-11 happened. So then nobody, you know, is really thinking about, you know, regulations and stuff like that. So, um, you know, and so then on that front for, for me personally, that sort of just, you know, that went away. And, um, you know, but then, just like a year and a half ago, like New Jersey is like, hey, we're going to do this thing. We're going to let nobody know except for the board for some reason. And because then I'm in New Jersey, they tasked me with going through the proposed updates. So then I go through the updates, circle everything that I was like, I don't know about this. And, uh, you know, send it back to the board. I've reported back yeah. to the you know, them and they came back. So, so but what, what kind of things did you find? Like, if I don't mind, if you can't talk about it, like, just, I'm just, you know, I know there's a lot of other tattooers that are out there that, uh, you know, if they find themselves in a situation, if they're, you know, searching for, you know, you know, uh, state laws on tattooing changing, you know, what, what were some of those things that you, that you found, if you don't mind me asking? So uh, one of the things at first, I think the first thing I came across was the, um, that they wanted us to now have a note to return back to work if we had anything respiratory. And it didn't even get any parameters like saying, like if you've been out sick for three to five days and need a doctor's note to return to work, you know, stuff like that. It just seemed uh -huh. like extreme. And I was like, this is ridiculous, you know? Cause like tattoo artists notoriously do not have access to ins the affordable insurance. And, um, you know, so then if you go to a walk-in clinic, it's like almost $300 to just walk through the door. And then that's not including if they're going to give you antibiotics or any type of scripts or anything like that. So I was like, this is no, I was like, that's a hard no for me. Right? It's like, I can't, you know, I can't ask an artist, especially if they're, maybe they have charity care and they're going through, um, the clinic system, like a, um, uh, a sick appointment can take up to three weeks. Like, how is it that they're, how am I supposed to tell somebody to sit home for three weeks so that they then can come in with a doctor's note? It's ridiculous. So I was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. 
Um, and then the biggest thing I found was the language for the pigment section um, was not, uh, we wouldn't be able to comply. Basically, they wanted to um, take the FDA's checklist uh, that they use uh, for our pre-market dry pigment that goes into the ink. I wanted to like apply it then to the aftermarket ink product, but it's something different. So then if you use that language, we can't mm -hmm. be, we can't comply. So, um, so that us, you know, contesting that uh, then uh, triggered them to do stakeholder committee meetings. Yeah, so, I was gonna say, so like, how did you do that, right? So it's like such a tricky thing to like go to the state who's making regulations and be like, these are wrong. <laughs> you know, like, like we, it's not like we don't want to comply. It's just like, these are wrong. Like these don't apply, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a, I mean, but they're the, like the law, right? So like, yeah. how, how did you do that? Or, so that was during the public comment uh, timeframe that they had, because they sit there and they put out a, they put out their notice and I'm going, I'm saying it in quotes because they put it out onto New Jersey registrar.com. And, um, you know, it's basically like nobody knows this website. So nobody knows that the public notice went out. Like we knew the public notice went out because they emailed the home office. And um, so then they give you a time frame with which to respond. So we, you know, we responded um, as a group and my name went on the uh, signed off on it because I'm a practitioner in New Jersey. And uh, that came back uh, where they were like, okay, that they're, you know, not going to push through some of the language of one portion of the um, pigment section, but they did let some other stuff go through. But then this kicked off now that they're like, oh, okay, now maybe we need to get a group of people together to now talk about this. Mm -hmm. And they call that a stakeholder committee. And so now I've been going there and it's with the two two officials from the state health department and then the um some of the inspectors or the head inspectors at the different counties and um so i'm the only person in the room it's awkward um mm -hmm. and i don't and it like my feeling is is that i'm trying to educate these people who are not educated on what we do and they have a different agenda than I do. They're also being paid to be at that meeting. This is on mm -hmm. my time off, you know? So, you know, I'm not being paid to be there. And I go in and, and I feel like I'm getting a lot of pushback. Um, I feel like um, they're sort of hearing me, but not quite. And um, that it's sort of, um, not real. You need to mean it's just like mm -hmm. I'm getting like lip service as opposed to actual like, are you guys, you're here for the state health, you know, the public safety. Is that our actual agenda? You know, so I feel um I yeah, I don't I don't know what to me, I, I honestly I feel like I don't know what their agenda is. And like um, you know, it's it's funny, even though like it's questionable what their agenda is, it's awesome that like you have the wherewithal to like stand up for your community, you know, to actually like stand up and be like, hey, this isn't right. And the fact that you do take your personal time to do that, um, you know, they're 
there are huge things that can be accomplished just by one person being like, wait a second, wait a second, this isn't right. We just need to, we need to change the way that this is worded. It's not like we don't need, do we need regulation in our, our field? Yes, we do need to be regulated. We need, you know, artists need to be held accountable. We do, but the regulation needs to be reasonable. You know, we, with within like 99% of us professional tattooers, we work very safe. You know, we work in very, you know, we, we self-regulate very well, but yes, there still needs to be regulatory systems. Um, but it's, it's incredibly important. The artists in each community that actually like will stand up to like the different boards, the health departments and say like, Hey, it's not that we're not trying to be compliant. We just need to adjust these codes, or if we're adjusting the codes, we need to work together. So it's reasonable adjustments. So like, as awkward as it is that, you know, a lot of times you're the only one standing there voicing your community, our community, it's incredibly important. And thank you for doing that. Like I'm not in New Jersey, but that, that has a ripple effect for our whole, our entire community. What, whatever happens in one state kind of like ripples to the states around it. So you know, if there's a dramatic, drastic change in one area, it it can affect everybody. It's not like, oh, well, that's New Jersey. That's not my problem. It's it absolutely is my problem. You know, and it's it's really important that you have the the wherewithal to like basically fight that fight, even though it is awkward to be there alone and to be there like, you know, being the educated voice of of our industry in your area. Um, you know, keep doing that. It's incredibly important. You know, it sounds like once we start talking about specific codes and specific verbiage, it gets very overwhelming to the like average person and average tattooer. But if it isn't for the nerds kind of coming together and like, you know, like the whole point of the APT is to like come together and have an organized voice. So even those moments where it's awkward to be that, that fighter and that voice for us, thank you for doing that. Like, it's, it's incredibly important. Thank you. You know, like, it's like, honestly, we're trying to, you know, try to get a group of New Jersey artists because right now I'm there as a representative of the APT. So there's sort of not even a voice in the room for New Jersey artists per se, you know, like, yeah, I can wear, you know, both hats and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I haven't heard from the New Jersey artists and, um, you know, so we're trying to rally them right now um you know because it's it's it isn't you know it's it's it, lawmaking like you know if they're making codes for a specific community that community should and has to have input and um you know the so the other thing is i think a lot of people don't realize how easy it is to actually like get in touch with members of the apt with you um i saw a picture of ben shaw a minute ago like you can actually like literally reach out to you guys on instagram and then you'll get the links to the discords and you'll get the invitations to whatever you want to be a part of but it's literally as easy to to reach out as any way you can think of like instagram facebook anything like that is a great start you'll get pointed in the right direction but i think i think there are artists and even young artists you don't have to like have been in the community for years and years you just have to care about your community enough to get involved if you've only been tattooing a few years no better time than the present to get involved and start learning about how our industry works and how it's evolved and how it's currently growing and the changes that are currently underway and happening right right in front of us 
Yeah. Yeah. Like I honestly, um, before I even started tattooing, I was going to tattoo conventions and the ABT did have presence there. And so I was already um, <clears throat> had the impression that it was important to be involved with them even before I even started tattooing. And um, yeah, and you're right about how like one state will affect other states. Um, because I know that this isn't only a problem here in New Jersey, the other portion of our code that the APT has found fault with is the um, separate designation of permanent makeup. They have a separate mm -hmm. designation and a vast gap in training hours. And it's the same procedure. The state for, you know, is telling me that they were told by somebody that it's something completely different and that, you know, so that there's something different, but they're not, you know, they're tattooing your face and um, they only need 100 hours of training and to do a tattoo apprenticeship, you need to have 2000. So there's a 1,900 hour gap in training. Mm. And now I'm hearing that like their trade organizations are teaching tiny tattoo classes. So, you know, and they're, and they're, advertising them as not real tattoos because they don't have thick, bold lines, you know? And it's like, well, that's semantics because in our world, that's fine line tattooing, you know? And um, it's tattooing. At the end of the day, it's tattooing. So I haven't gone into another meeting yet. Uh, when I had brought that up, we were in the last 10 minutes of the last meeting and they were asking me, okay, what other portions of the code do you want to discuss? And I brought that up and they completely, you know, freaked and that was it. So now I'm sort of left with the impression that I got myself kicked out of the room because I go to the Wildwood convention that's here in New Jersey and both of the people who are at the state level that are in these meetings with me were there and nobody came over to say hi to me mm. you know so I'm like uh you know and it's like is it now because they're getting resistance and that I'm not just being compliant and saying hey the code is great here's my thumbs up you know like now they're like oh wait well we don't need her you know so so mm. I'm sort of like in a little spot like I'm like uh um, but I know that there are scientific studies out there that do back up that like PMU is tattooing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I just got to find those and bring them, you know, email them to them and say, Hey, you know, like this is it's, the deal. It's, it's funny how important the like correct verbiage is when it comes to dis discussing and like dissecting code, like the simple, the difference between the, uh, like the two words insertion and injection, like, they can't be used mm -hmm. synonymously. And I see that that's one of the, the debates that goes on kind of endlessly, you know, yeah, we're, not, we're not injecting into, we're inserting and leaving behind, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. Yeah. Anything, it is. Anytime, anytime you're inserting something into the skin permanently, if it's below the surface, that's a tattoo. Like beyond that, it does just kind of become semantics. Like, is it a different kind of tattoo? Well, maybe, but it's still a tattoo. It's still depositing ink into the skin. Yes. Yeah. Like they were sitting there throwing down, oh, it's a different skin layer. It's not, except for micro, you know, the microblading, which to me is not even, shouldn't be a thing. Um, and they were also like, oh, they have different trade organizations. Okay. 
what what's that mean? You know, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, and then they were also saying that they use different pigment, not really, you know, and that they use different instruments. So then I'm like, oh, okay. So then the tattoo that I got in Thailand done not with a tattoo machine is not a tattoo then, right? You know, like it, it's it's interesting, you know, like the way that they that they're viewing, and it's they're viewing it from the outside. They don't know, mm-hmm. you know. Somebody told mm-hmm. them this, so then they're going with that. And do you have any like, idea who those outside influencers are that are telling them that? Is it like just their whoever there's they're hobnobbing with or whatever, you know, benefit they were at the night before, or, you know, or is it like yeah, or, or like, uh, you know, Curel companies or? No, it's nothing yet. It's not like Maybelline, which to me no. has been amazing. Like that, the current advertisement that I keep seeing on YouTube is something that the uh, makeup that they're calling tattoo. You know, I'm like, awesome. Mm. Like, that's not a tattoo, but okay. You know, um, uh, but yeah, no, I have a, an idea who this individual is, and they were financially gaining from how the code was put in place 22. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, uh, it's one of those things where, like, working with the government, and, you know, again, to, to Fawn's earlier, you know, thank you, because, you know, if it wasn't for you there, then there, you know, when you're there alone, then there wouldn't be anybody else there. And, uh, you know, the couple of times where I was d- doing government, you know, meeting things, you know, and I have a great town, like there's actually some really cool, pol- I have friends that are politicians in town, which is fucked up to say, I don't mean it, but it's true. Yeah. Uh, they are politicians, I mean, they're part-time politicians, they have real jobs, you know, or, you know but a point is, um, after like five or 10 minutes of listening to to some people talk, I was like, wait a minute, why are these people still talking? Like, who's giving, like, they're, they're, talk- they're talking gibberish. And then I was like, oh, people who like you know, no one else will listen to will often go to the government because the government has to give you space to talk or, you know, for, for some of these things. And um, so to, to that point, then it just fosters a, so often a culture of politicians that are like, well, I don't need to listen to all these, you know, maniacs that are just, you know, they're, you know, uh, half the time for their own, you know, weirdness. Anyways, it's such a complex thing to navigate uh, with so many different people having the different motivations um, I suppose, like to kind of to your point, like, you know, we've just got to get more people that are, you know, to organize, but then it's, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, it's such a difficult thing to organize any, any particular group of people. But um, how, how does the APT do that? Like, I guess, what's, is there like a, what's the like elevator pitch or like, you know, so why should tattooers, you know, join the APT, I guess, is the, is the question. Uh, I missed the memo on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I know that they just put that out. Because like we we are um, you know because uh, like the FDA, the government views like the APT as like a constituent base. So mm-hmm. having our numbers elevated and stuff like that, it would be amazing um, because they are looking at us. You know, we have um, people from the FDA, people from the WHO that are looking at us right now. Because mm-hmm. not only am I dealing with stuff on the state level here in New Jersey, but we're dealing with the federal with the MOGRA. And, um, yeah, so basically, um, you know, to basically to join like the APT is to get like a group of us together and stuff like that. So if we have to go to, you know, lobby in DC, like we have the numbers, like not only in membership numbers, but also like in money, you know, like it does lobbyists are expensive, you know, um, we're also the AB, you know, the ABT is evolving just as the industry is. Like we've 
tattooing is nothing like what it was when I got mm-hmm. involved 25 mm-hmm. years ago. It has, it is crazy these days, like where it is at. Like I can't even, like, I never saw it here. You know, <laughs> you know? so it's just like. I, I, I remember decades of old timers being like, I can't get any bigger than this. The bubble's going to pop soon. You know, mm-hmm. oh, now we've got six tattoo magazines. It's going to pop. Bubble's going to pop soon. Now we've got 12 tattoo. going to pop. Now we've got TV shows. It's going to be the end of us all. Bubble's <laughs> going to pop soon. And now we're here, you know, and like. You know, the bubble's going to pop soon. Right. You know, like how, far like, can, how far can TikTok take it really? Right. You know, and it's like, I do talk to, you know, people who have more time in than me and they, you know, and they're just like, uh, you know, they're not comfortable, like where we're headed, you know, or where they perceive us to be heading. And that's what we're trying to keep control of, you know, mm-hmm. like, again, like we're going back to like our ingredients in our ink, you know, tattoo artists had control of that at one point because they were producing that for themselves. You know, they were getting tried and true recipes from their mentors, using them, you know, and moving, you know, forward with that. And mostly tried and true. Right. Yeah. You know, like, because I do know I've heard stories. I'm like, what? (laughs) They were doing what to the ink? You know, they put that in there. You know, but, um, you know, and, uh, but now our, a lot of our supply companies are no longer owned by individual tattoo artists. And it's these like holding companies that are just like grabbing, you know, a supply company as an asset and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and they don't know anything. And so then they're, they have these companies uh, now that, uh contract you out as like a, as a, um, um, as somebody that knows stuff, you know, and that they, and, and they have to consult with you as a consultant, you know, mm-hmm. to find out about, Hey, what's going on with the tattoo industry? Cause we don't know. Cause we're too busy with 15,000 sure. other companies. So, um, yeah, so they're consulting with people, but then who are these people that they're consulting with? I actually, know I got a, uh, uh, Every once in a while, stuff opportunities like that will come across my uh, my email. So if I can, I usually put it. I mean, you know, I, I I like to you know be paid as an expert to voice my opinion for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, to, I think to, so. To your point, they do blast out people. Like I said, I got a you know uh, an email not a you know not even two weeks ago uh, from a, a a company from a corporation that was looking for an area expert. You know, uh, I believe they were like a, a, a cosmetics company. Okay. Um, I didn't, I didn't actually pick up this particular gig, but, um, but your, I guess to your point, yeah. you know, you, you kind of don't know, like it could end up being, you know, they, 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 you know, okay. So I guess in this case, what I would say is, and I think this is what you're saying, they'll hire a company that's like, you know, go find me experts. Right. And so then that company goes and they just do a Google search for like, find me tattoo experts. And then they call the people who show up on the top. Sometimes in my case, I think that's good. Uh, but and sometimes it could just be, you know, again, somebody that's in it for themselves or, you know, has a, a, a company that's designed to, to generate profit, not to generate goodwill or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. And um, sorry, I just when you said that, I was yeah. like, wait, I know the answer to that. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what <laughs> yeah, I, um, I had actually signed myself up for one of these companies because I think yeah, I cool. got an email, too. 
because yeah. um, I, I remember it was something that was uh, brought up in a board meeting. And so mm -hmm. I went and I, uh, sort of Googling. So, and I signed myself up, but I've never been picked because I think I have my rate too high. <laughs> I'm like, if you want information from me, you're going to have to yeah. pay. Oh yeah, like, no, absolutely. thousand dollars a day, 250 an hour, you know? I mean, especially <laughs> if it's going to be somebody that's going to just like, I mean, say, Hey, I just want your expert opinion on this stuff. Right. You yeah. know, uh, so sometimes I joke for consulting, actually, I don't want to talk, but sometimes I'll joke, uh, it's like $1,000 for every year that you've been in business, hmm. uh, you know, so like, you know, if you've been in business a year or two, it's not going to be that hard to like set things straight and put some processes in order five years. Okay, it's going to be a little bit of an oomph to 10 years. Oh, man, we got, you know, we got like two months worth of problems, you know, hmm. uh, or or of things to like correct. Uh, but if you haven't, if you don't have your business yet, I'd almost give it all to you for free. Just be like, you know what? <laughs> this is everything I know. Like, I the best time to implement it is before you get started. Obviously, anyways. Mm -hmm. um, so, shall we talk about Mokro just a little bit more, and then maybe try to get to some nice, pretty things before the end of this? Uh, or are we just going to delve into the sludge of the government fucking steamrolling us? But you know, with, with corporations <laughs> help. So, um, yeah, Mokro. So the um, federal government implemented um, this law, MOCRA, the Modernization of the Cosmetic Act in December. And they decided that they were gonna do this update because it hadn't been updated in 80 years. And so we fall under that umbrella. And of course, and again, it is looking at our, you know, the ink, um, but also the aftercare. And uh, not, I don't think the bandaging, I think that's considered a medical device. So then that the bandaging is not under that umbrella. It's just like our ink and our aftercares. Mm -hmm. And um, according to what I know, it's more or less like that the FDA wasn't aware that they were doing this. <laughs> and um, so the FDA is looking at the APT to help them get good science or make good science um, mm -hmm. so that we don't end up where the EU ended up. The EU right. uh, supposedly used bad science to say that the fallow green and the fallow blue were bad and so that they were now not allowed to use that as the pigment, dry pigment in the ink. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think according to Selena, what she heard in Vienna was the those inks, after they hit the market, started giving people bad uh, reactions so that they actually did a recall in Germany. Mm -hmm. And so now like who and the FDA are like, yeah, no, like, no. So we're pulling together a study. When you uh, say the who, you mean the World Health right? Organization. Yeah, the right? World Health, yeah. Yes, the World Health Organization. So um, the APT, we have a subcommittee called the Pigment Committee. And we have some of our uh, like manufacturers, like some people of industry with us and uh, scientists and stuff like that. So we're pulling together um, a study that will be, you know, deemed good science. Um, you know, we're going through uh, one of the universities. And so then of course, then the study needs to be checked by a specific company that checks studies to make sure that it hits all the marks that it needs to before then we're going to um, start putting it out. And so you're actually gathering clinical data. Yes. Like clinical scientific data. Yeah. Um, I, and what we're trying to 
do because uh, there's so many things out there saying that tattooing leads to cancer for some reason. And um, so we're putting together like the study, you know, where we're going to try to reach out to people who are not tattooed, people who are tattooed and stuff like that and compare, you know, basically like how much tattooing have you had done? Like, do you know the types of, you know, ink you type deal you know like what was your aftercare did you listen to your after, you know like just a whole bunch of stuff like that so that we're pulling you know uh like data like from all different types of areas of people ge in geographical you know stuff and whatnot and pulling it all together um to say that you know like what we're doing is you know, it's safe. We've been doing this for how many, you know, thousands of years. Like I know, like, yes, like currently there's a way more, you know, uh, uh, colors of ink and stuff like that. And like different, um, so then that means different, you know, add um, pigment, dry pigment in there and stuff like that. So um, then we've had like, you know, a millennia ago, um, but yeah, like we're just trying to get this all pulled together and be like, look, tattooing is safe, you know, like and we have our, we, you know, we just have you, you know, how many people like 25 years after getting tattooed, did their arm fall off, you know, like. <laughs> this is pr pretty rare. Right. Pretty rare. Right. You know, so yeah. It just, so. just kind of goes back to like as a as a community and as an industry, we've done a pretty good job self-regulating all of these years. And you know, and I think that's part of what makes it so scary to have the government get in more involved when they're coming from an area where they're lacking knowledge to even really criticize, you know, like we've, and I, I feel like that's a good thing. I, that's the point that I'm making. It is an industry. I think we've been self-regulating, but well enough that the, the incident of injury or the incident of like an actual bad reaction like allergic reactions are rare nowadays to pigments i'm not going to say they don't happen but they're very rare it's not like in the 60s 70s 80s 90s where everybody was making their tried and true formulas like now the ink manufacturers really care to put quality products out there so like when when our standard as an industry is already so high it gets scary to think that the grip could get tighter because we we hold ourselves to a pretty high standard already yeah well um, i mean that's like the the nature of regulation the unfortunate reality of the nature of regulation is that you regulate for the bottom right like so so mm -hmm. you know my wife teaches infants right she's like an expert infant teacher 30 years she's a fucking brain scientist expert right but when the state regulators come in they're like you know basically regulating for a 16 year old with no education you know taking care of a baby right so it's like they have all these rules and regulations in the place so for like the bot, like to keep the bottom safe, but it's not, but it hinders uh, or it could hinder uh, mm -hmm. just common sense sometimes or, or, or certainly expert, uh, you know, opinions. And um, again, it seems like it's a similar thing, right? Like when, when they're coming in to regulate the, the inks and whatnot, it's like they're not regulating for the best in class, you know, snooty tattooers are regulating for like people who are just, you know, mixing shit up and selling it, which you again, know, it's, it's not in our world. Right. But like, we're not buying anything off of Amazon. Yeah. Right. Like that's, that's what it is. Yeah. I do find it funny. Like if, if you're, if you're a, a tattooer, if you're in this industry and you've never actually taken a t the time to like 
read your state and local codes. First of all, shame on you. You should do that like any community that you're living in. But like when I would read through codes as they're written, sometimes I would read a specific code and it would be like, who actually did that to the point where it had to be put in writing? Like to me, that's common sense. That shouldn't be a code. But like, for instance, one that has always cracked me up is that your fingernails are to be short and well kept. Um, <laughs> what happened? What happened that that had to be put into writing? Like that's that's always been my curiosity. And there are a few others. Like sometimes they involve like animals and things like that. <laughs> like, well, yeah, that somebody clearly should have known better. But but sometimes I just wonder what uh, happened for that to actually be placed into code. Yeah, Caroline, you you own it. You own your tattoo shop, Caroline. Yes, I, I, I presume. Do. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. do you have a do you have a handbook? uh no okay uh, so, my, yeah my lawyer kind of surprised but uh, right well, the, i asked my lawyer about it because i i did put together like a uh handbook at one point um because i uh years ago tried to make sense yeah mm -hmm. and uh but then he's like well because we're here in new jersey they're independent contractors you probably can't have one or something uh, he was like, basically, he's like that, the, that basically, if you put anything in writing, they can weaponize it against you. Yeah, yeah sure. You're finding the loopholes and stuff like that. So he's, yeah. like, he's like, you're better off without. I was like, oh, okay. Well, well fair enough. Uh, sometimes when I was putting shit into the handbook, I'm like, to your point, Fawn, I'm like, I can't believe I have to put this into the handbook, you know. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, you know, sometimes there's like a code of conduct. Like most tattoo shops don't open up a business with like, you know, this is our code of conduct. This is our dress code. This is the way that we present ourselves mm -hmm. to everybody that walks through the door. It's usually like, ah, shit, like, you know, I'm tattooing on people and they're coming back with their friends and family and then random people show up too. And now I got to like figure out what to do. Um, but again, for me, like, uh, like, I guess that handbook, it's true. You have to hold yourself to it. Right. Um, and I think that it probably changes depending on like some, some shops probably just can't legally have a handbook and some probably legally have to have a handbook. Uh, depending on the state you're in or whatever situation you're in. But uh, for me, I've always found that they, again, it's like we could always go back and be like, look, you can't, you know, you know, tell abortion jokes or, or whatever it was that came up at the time that was, you know, we had to put into the handbook. We could like we had it in there. So at least, we, you know, we, we could point to it and be like, look, no, you know, bad joke or like, you know, no stupid joke or whatever. It might be no racist jokes, no sexist jokes or whatever. Yeah. Um, and again, you might be like, how come I actually have to like tell a bunch of grown people not to like say stupid shit in front of the public? Um, yeah, common sense would dictate like but, banners, but yeah, yeah. But I guess just to wrap it up, I guess ultimately tattooers who don't care about those standards are always going to gravitate towards shops that don't articulate them. And if you don't articulate mm -hmm. them with with your recruiting and your hiring, who knows? You know, again, you could all be into like truth. You know, could all be into awesome tattoos, you know, and being cool to clients. But like that doesn't mean we all want to show up to work on the same time or set expectations and deliver or whatever it might be. Anyways, I don't need mm -hmm. that. Didn't mean well, to get off base. Oh, creature case says, Gabe, I'm going to hold you to that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> what are you going to, what are you going to hold me to? And it looks like they might be uh, opening up a shop. I'm like, ah, well, so I guess to, to amend that it's free as long as the booze are flowing. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a light drunk these days. So. <laughs> yeah. I use my, um, more or less like the exposure control plan sort of as like a handbook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. No. Yeah. That's probably the closest no. thing to. Uh, in Michigan, I had to write uh, an exposure control plan. I, I was sitting here trying to think of what it was called, but that's probably the closest thing to a handbook. But that's really just like the in case this happens, do this mm -hmm. policy yeah, I, guide. 
Yeah, I try to not write those because it's, yeah, it's like, well, they're also for employees. So it's like, for me, the exposure control plan, I mean, I've always had them, but like, I'm like, I'm going to hire somebody that does health stuff to, to you know, maybe somebody like you, Karen, or maybe, I know, like other people, you know, I always hire an expert to kind of help me along with that. But um, that is it's kind of amazing. I'd, I'd be interested to know, don't, don't say like no in the comments. But, uh, you know, if you don't have an exposure control plan at your tattoo studio, um, or, or if you're working at a studio and you don't know where the exposure control plan is, you, you know, I mean, again, I hate to like put everybody. It's on one of those things word, that should be but... covered in our apprenticeships, though. Like if you have oh, an exposure, percent. this is what happens. So like and... for those of us to think like, do we have one here at Red Tree? Absolutely. Could uh, I tell you where it is? You know, the office somewhere? Like... Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's good. Right. But like, and again, ultimately once a year, you should be going through it with everybody, letting everybody know where it is. Cause, and I got to say when uh, there was a, a needle stick accident uh, that happened, uh, you know, and the exposure control plan was there. They knew where it was. They went through the steps. They had the phone numbers. They, I mean, again, I don't, mm -hmm. you know, do we know the exact, I mean, I don't, and again, I don't want to like pop quiz anybody here on a live stream here, right? But like, what are, you know, if you get stuck with a needle poke, what are the fucking six steps that you're supposed to take in order and how long do you soak it and what do you soak it with? All that stuff, right? Boom, 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 boom. They called the right doctor. I um, mm -hmm. was fucking ecstatic, you know, that we had, we had that, right? And again, if, you know, three or four years earlier, it would have been like, well, everyone takes a bloodborne pathogens course and kind of knows what to do, right? You know? Um, yep. So in any event, having that, like having, to, having that accountability helps the, the know, layer of accountability. And then, yeah, you know, it, it's the lawsuits, right? And it's like, man, like everything's fine. Like everything's always hunk and dory when things are cool. But it's like when they're not cool that you need to have your shit covered. Like, and it's also responsible, mm -hmm. you know, just to keep your people, keep everybody nice and safe. Right. All of a sudden you drink from the fucking rinse cup. Like, okay, wait, what are the steps I'm supposed to do again? You know, um, <laughs> not do that um <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, the apt um they have a template for an exposure control plan uh when um, awesome. when you would yeah when you would actually get your hard cover book like when you would go in for the class like they had it in there so i think it's digital like when you do when you sign up for the bloodborne training i think you get the digital copy of the of it like, cause I have so many copies at home because I've been taking this class and I'll get, and I'll forget to bring my binder. I'll forget to pack it. So then I have to get another one. So I have so many, you know, mm -hmm. so, um, so when I'm doing the digital, I'm not even looking at what they're giving me digitally. So that I always just have my book with me and I just keep going through highlighting new things, writing in new notes, because every year there's new stuff that comes up, you know? So, um, so my my books are very very yeah. worn and used. <laughs> I mean, we used to make a like a full day of it, right? So we would uh, we would do the bloodborne pathogens, you know. Then we take a break, and then we do the exposure control plan for forty minutes or whatever it would be. We again to review it with everybody, so everyone knows this is where the eye washing station is. This is where the blood. This is where the uh, MSDS sheets are in the exposure control plan behind the front desk, you know, wherever it might be. And then we would do like a, you know, black and gray seminar or like a color seminar, like, you know, you know, or some other seminar that, you know, uh, we would run with it potentially. And, um, you know, that way other, other area artists, you know, would kind of come in if they needed to get the bloodborne pathogens and, um, yeah. So, you know, it's, again, it's, uh, and, and to your point, like every year, something's happening you know there's always a little tweak here or there and uh you know i don't know I, anyways i always thought it was a i was always happy to have it implemented and then that that exposure control plan is something that um yeah like i said it's cool 
anyways, um, it's but it is said it is different than the handbook, right? Like like so the handbook's going to be like you can't come to work smelly and fucking stink up the place, <laughs> yep. right? You know, uh, again, you know the you know you could you know kind of guide the direction of the uh, of the humor, you know. And again, if you want to you know have dark humor and blast heavy metal. You know, I would suggest go for it, man. Just put that in your handbook and put that in your recruiting material, you know, <laughs> um, and your advertising, right? Like, you know, so you're not bringing in, you know, you know, you know, full hippies to the, you know, Metallica. I guess Metallica's, uh, that's a whole nother can of worms. Oh, okay. I, I saw the, I saw, I'm really happy. I saw the Corey Miller tattooed fucking James Hetfield. But I was also just thinking in my head, like, that would be like so crazy weird. It'd be like, oh man, like you're James Hetfield. You were so seemingly pure at one point, but you have seemed, and I wouldn't want to be just like, I don't even know what I would say. Anyways, I was happy to see that. <laughs> and they got backstage and everything. It was, it was great. I'm glad that I'm ecstatic that James Hetfield is getting great tattoos by great artists. Yep. At this point. Pretty awesome. Well, we're so, a few minutes away. We could just uh, chit chat a little bit, or. Well, I, I was thinking about putting Caroline on the spot, and um, we usually have, a, or often we have a segment about different uh, podcasts or YouTube channels or some sort of media that we might want to uh, pass along to uh, to our viewers. Uh, do you, uh, off the top of your head, do you have any like podcasts or, or YouTube channels that 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 you listen to or watch? It doesn't have to be tattooing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, like, because I have so much like going on, like with the state and the federal stuff. So Mm. my, um, my background noise is always like true crime. So, Mm -hmm. so uh, like Bailey Sarian, uh, with her murder mystery makeup on Mondays, um, Annie Elise, um, Ellen, Eleanor O'Neill and like oh God, there's so many others, you know. Like I just and that, so YouTube just knows. Awesome, yeah. Sure. Then, then every once in a while, one of like tattoo now reinventing will pop up, you know. But because nice. <laughs> I have like yeah, yeah, it's so much like um, I don't know if it's just like a female thing or if it's just because your brain can only absorb so much information, and because I've been dealing with all of the you know regulatory stuff that like any like tattoo stuff right now it's sort of just like like because I want to sit and I just want to watch but I don't have the time to do that because I want you know like yeah if I'm gonna have tattoo stuff on it's you know educational for me and I want to be able to absorb it and I so I try to have that on at the shop um sometimes it's difficult because then you're tattooing and then you're absorbed in what you're doing you know sure, of course, of course. <laughs> you're yeah. not listening to the podcast and i'm just like god how do i make this all fit into a day uh, it's crazy <laughs> you know um if i don't i don't i don't do too much true, true crime uh back when the internet was first starting off i hit some of those you know early ftp sites where you download the crazy videos and i saw some shit i was like wow i don't mm. not down uh, but uh, one crime thing that I do listen to is uh, Darknet Diaries, the Darknet Diaries. It's all computer geek hackery stuff, right? So I'm a computer geek hackery kind of a guy. Uh, yeah. But it's awesome because, well, for one, it's also very useful to know about the current hacks and schemes that are out there, right? So you could like tell your mother, you know, 
They don't have your whole internet history, or if they have your whole internet history, don't worry, they're not going to fucking release it because, you know, Netflix is not texting you. you. That is not Netflix. Exactly. (laughs) You know, uh, uh, well, now they help people call up, right? So that's the crazy Mm -hmm. part. Like you could completely profile people and you could have the AI go out and scope it out and profile Mm -hmm. you. And then, I mean, on the swipe left, swipe right fucking apps, they could now, they'll upload. You, you can get catfished by uh, an AI that knows your personality. It's fucking horrific. Uh, so, like, it'll start these conversations with you and bring up topics from your fucking, you know, from your MySpace account from fucking 10 years ago, you know, or 15 years ago. Um, great. But anyway, the point is Darknet Diaries uh, is a great uh, true crime. It's all computer geeky stuff. But on the other hand, um, it's a little. it might be a little bit different, right? So it's not like people are – some people will die and get murdered and stuff. But for the most part, it's uh, – it's it's – People that are pushed to the outskirts or, you know, or kind of outliers that can use computers to their benefit. And often they're going to just prey on stupid people, not stupid people, uh, people that are not experienced. Yeah. And then the, often the people that we're talking to are people that have switched to the other side to help protect people against, uh, you know, said crime. And um, so that's my, uh, that's my recommendation for, for a crime podcast would be the Darknet Diaries and then... Uh, Fun. Do you have any uh any any true so crime? Or... It's it's not a true crime podcast or anything, but it was brought up earlier. Uh, the uh tiny tattoos. John Nelson. Do you guys follow his uh Instagram reels? He has all these yeah. like satire videos and stuff. But anyways, he had this group of kids walk in. I was looking on his page. I can't find it right at the moment. But this group of kids walk in and he's got his the group of kids there and then the people that he's working with. And they're like, yeah, we want fine line tattoos. And he's like, we do permanent tattoos they're like yeah but we want like you know the fine line ones and they show him pictures and he john's like yeah we we do tattoos that last that are (laughs) tattoos Uh uh-huh but it's just it's just funny how much like all of the sudden that's been coming up in conversation the 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 fine line tattoos as a style or genre we're gonna have a whole conversation about this maybe thursday (laughs) Voila. Awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> every once in a blue moon, there's been like three times in my life where I've been like, why the, why do I, like, I don't tattoo obviously. So it's like probably 10 times the amount of work to like, you know, kind of barely make a living in the, in the space. Right. And I'm like, why don't I just tattoo hipster fine line shit for fucking, you know, 300 bucks a pop. Like I know how to use the internet to create a demand. And, um, but I'll leave that to everybody else. And, uh, um, you know, and the other thing that I didn't realize that as a, you know, when I'm creating these environments and whatnot, people that are doing those types of styles of tattoos, you know, usually after a year, they've already learned enough from the environments that I'm creating that, that, you know, to do that kind of tattoo, you don't need to like take master classes in oil painting, you know, um, and, and know how it translates over into the tattoo cover-ups, right. It's a, it's a complete, almost a completely different, uh, arena of tattooing i love that part right i mean it's it's great i mean it's, i guess to wrap up you know after 25 years you know it's changed so much like you know when i got you know kind of started doing computer stuff in the mid 90s and the early 2000s like whatever there was three to 12 to, to 25 tattooers you know that you could look to that would be educating people and influencing people and uh now there's probably 25 movements of tattooing that i don't even know exist <laughs> you know that have full economies of scale and shit it's like wow um it's both t- you know it's crazy and it's awesome and i mean i guess for the most part it's just awesome but uh, it is crazy it is i will agree <laughs> okay 
Well, Shall we do our, our, our sign offs? Uh, sure. Yeah. Oh, and I have, I'm going to, we're going we're to wrap up with, uh, I have a video for the paradise tattoo gathering that, uh, I could share on our way out. So, um, people shouldn't, uh, quit just yet. <laughs> well, I'm fun. You can catch me Thursdays on tattoo collecting 101 right here on the reinventing network. Um, I think this week we're going to be talking about tiny tattoos since it's come up a few times and I've been finding all kinds of just fun little parodies that are going to segue into great <laughs> conversation. So uh, fine line tattoos. Is it a genre? Is it not a genre? Is it a cop out? We'll let you is decide. It, Join us like Thursday. <laughs> is that going to be covered in two years? Absolutely. When you're ready to get a real tattoo, most likely. But God, that's what like when I first started tattooing the cherry creek that's all tiny little stuff and yeah oh my god some of it held up over time um some of it didn't <laughs> so but uh yeah I'm Caroline Evans my shop here is in New Jersey radiant energy tattoo in brick and uh, my Instagram I think is Caroline Ann Evans <laughs> I'm so bad at promoting myself um, and uh, my website is tattoosbycaroline.com and the shop is myradiantenergytattoo.net. Uh, awesome. And uh, if we could take anything, uh, it is get in there and volunteer and get your voice heard. Uh, so maybe the other tattooers that might be there first are, aren't going to be alone. And um, uh, join the APT. It's a pretty regular, you know, feat. It's not horrendous at all. And you will be joining a lot of great other tattooers and support people in the tattoo world. So I'm uh, Gabe Ripley, TattooNow.com, and uh, also co-producer of Paradise Tattoo Gathering. If you don't go, then uh, I might not eat dinner. No, that's not true at all. But I should be promoting it. Paradise Tattoo Gathering, October 12th to the 15th. And I'm going to play a video right now so that um, hopefully you're, you're still watching. Anyways, thanks again, everybody. We'll catch up uh, next week. Recognize me going down to the riverside. There's a place I want to be. Gonna talk to the ferryman. Be expecting me. I'm crossing over now to the other side. The other side
Okay. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're still here. Um, I'm checking the video out. Awesome. Hey, man, you know, I, I have to make like two more of those. There's so many awesome people coming. It's like, I love to see it, but I'm like, oh, man, I missed like like 10 different people I'm supposed to put in there. But uh, yeah, I'm psyched. Vapors and Morphine good. are going to be playing the uh, the Friday night show. and um, They were so rad last year. You know, I enjoyed uh, them. It's a it's an was audio. It, was delay. it last year or the year before? I can't remember now. It was, it year it was, two, it was two. It was two years ago. It was the BYOB. Yep. And, yep. That's uh, when it was. That was a, wonderful. That was like cool. smack dab in the middle of COVID. So, anyways, we'll have fun, everybody. We'll catch up uh, in the near future. All right.